Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. I'm Paul Doolan. I'm joined today by Dave Watson. Hi. No Fergus Craig this week. He is up in the north of England trying to promote his show, Hoff the Record, to the people of the provinces. Oh, God. Yeah, so that's good. Obviously, we know where his priorities lie. Dave, your priorities lie with Newcastle, so you're here. I wouldn't be anywhere else. And should we just jump straight in? Newcastle United 1, Crystal Palace nil. Newcastle United 1, Alan fucking Pardew nil. <laughs> I was going to come on to Pardew later, but clearly... He's the no, 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 let's, let's talk about the game. No, 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 I think we should. <laughs> there was a lot of talk before about Pardew's return mm. and what sort of reception he'd get, and he got no reception. He was fairly mu- is, muted, yeah. which I like because... He didn't even get 3G. He got, <laughs> he got GPRS. <laughs> but he's just... He's a he's an arsehole. Mind you, did you see the, the quotes from Sunderland manager Al, uh, Sam Allardyce? Do you about mean the quotes or the mind games? The mind games. It's not mind games. Well, no. it's only mind games if... Like, cause it's, if they work, it's, they're mind It's basically games. a battle of wits where nobody's come with yeah. any wits. He's an... So he basically... I don't know if you, you've seen it, but basically Allardyce said that the, um, the Crystal Palace players wouldn't be trying... He said because they'd be... Because they'd be, they will have been celebrating their, 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 um, getting through to the FA yeah, Cup the final. The phrase he used was they'd be on the pop. <laughs> Which the Palace, I can't remember if it was Pardew or the assistant, is it Milne? Yeah, yeah. The assistant came out and said, look, quite a lot of our players are Muslims and would find that offensive. Yeah, well, Pardew not- said, yeah, Pardew was like, none of our, like, f- I think he's like four or five of our players don't drink. Yeah. So it would have been like fizzy bop. But, man, he called him prehistoric. I thought he did. It's quite weird. Pardew and Allardyce, you'd assume, would be similar sort of... Man- in that sort of old boys network of English managers yeah. keeping each other's backs in the like, Premier League because like they them, assume they're not getting opportunities. Yeah, them Pulis, Hughes, that lot. Yeah. yeah. I like. I know you hate him. I'm not mm. a big fan, but I was quite pleased to see Pardew having to go at Allardyce. I thought he was right to. Well, so I... I I, it's not so much, well, yes, I, I find him as a person objectionable, but <laughs> I also think that it's the perception of him that annoys me most. Yes. Like, because he's not a good manager. He isn't. It's and when uh, you what, hear what, Paul Merson talking about oh, him God. and Newcastle fans, where you just start to lose it. It's, it's, it, it, yes, that annoys me. But I don't doubt that he's got a lot of affection for the the time he spent there because basically yeah. he was dragged from the the doldrums uh, to 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 manage one of the top like I'm not I'm not getting into a big club debate but one of the top clubs one of the top the, two clubs one in of the, the world. top two clubs in the world now we're you know we're the twentieth richest club on the planet that's yeah. that's irrefutable we're also you know we've got big stadium we are a big club and that was his biggest gig and he took a step down in terms of size of club to Crystal Palace, but they love him or loved him until he took them on a yeah, they're starting massive to see losing streak. Yeah, but but fine. I think we 
We had some good times with Pardew. I was quite glad it didn't become about him. So mm. The chants of Rafa Benitez were quite telling. Like It just felt like he was getting a lot more love than Pardew ever did. That felt the, like the right way to deal with it. Yeah, can you remember the last time a manager manager's name was consistently sung? Yes. Thanks. <laughs> no, next question. Yeah. Who was that manager? Probably Bobby Robson. Right. How long ago was that? Actually, no, Chris... No, Hooten didn't really... Hooten never really got his name song, which is a shame in, the, in, in hindsight, because I think he was... Let's get back to the Palace yes, yeah, game. Sorry, sorry. We have gone off... We've gone on a tangent before we're even on course, <laughs> which is a new record. 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 So, 1-0. First half, we were pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Palace turned up. A lot of people thought, well, one... Jabba the Hutt Big fat be on the Hippo-headed fool Thought he wouldn't I thought pa- Palace Were a lot better Than I thought they were going to be Yeah They were Actually playing for it mm. But I, I don't know How you feel about us At the moment But I sort of Had the feeling During the game If we can get to an hour At nil-nil Then we're usually Okay Yeah it Seems to be the effect of If we concede an early goal That's it We're going to draw Or we're going to lose well, I know what you're saying. I, I think that I think why it's come come to the fore is because pre under previous managers, um, if we went a goal down early, we didn't come back at all. Yeah. But because of the situation we're in and because of the players that we've got to hand, going a goal down now for us, it's mm. a bit more of a mountain to climb. I think. But what I it think is, under Benitez, where we're capable of. Like at least getting to base camp, whereas yeah. under McLaren and Pardew we would have capitulated. I think we spoke about it a bit last week as well. Benitez yeah. seems like a manager who can read a game and figure out another team's weaknesses. Yeah. So if we're nil nil with an hour to go, you trust what he's going to do will have an effect. Game management. Yes. <laughs> and you can't really credit Benitez necessarily, but Townsend's goal. What a free kick. Well, that's the first free kick. I think I made mention of it there. That, that it's our first free kick in, your in notes, 90 so Premier colour League. Colour-coordinated yeah, as well. Co- Sorry, yeah. I talked over you there. Go <laughs> it's again. Fine. Uh, that's our first direct free kick goal for 90 Premier League league matches. Yeah. That, that, that's uh, <laughs> The last time we scored direct from a free kick was uh, Johan Kabai versus Against West Ham. West Ham. Yeah, in like January 2014. It was... It, that's re- but Johan Kabai, as we know, is an expert at any set piece or dead ball situation. <laughs> and he just puts those away. Except. Except. But like, just to talk about Townsend's free kick f- yeah. first. That was pretty much the first time that the, the centre-halves of Crystal Palace like, made a, like, a big error. Like yeah. There were a couple of times where... because I, I thought they were generally quite tidy mm. and they made Cissé look like an average striker, which is what Cissé is I was going to say, yeah, yeah. But then, um, so I didn't actually get to watch the stream because I was sat with a bunch of mates in a pub, uh, well, in a pub beer garden, and me and an Aston Villa fan were being properly antisocial, listening to the game on Five Live, up until just about five, six minutes after the Andros Townsend goal was scored. Yeah. So the final 15, 20 minutes, I, I can't really talk about that in any great deal because all I've seen of them is the highlights. But it seemed to me that in the second half, like you're saying with Benitez, we, we reacted to the, the, the pressure that we were under the first half and then we just kept building and building in comfort. I think the penalty aside, we nullified them second half it wasn't like previous games where you're tearing your hair out where you yeah. the whistle to go you just thought well it's the first time in a long time I can remember under Newcastle where you're like we've got the lead so we're okay here mm. like we can soak up pressure and the pe- ordinarily you'd just be going mad and the penalty that was given the, the, the highlights that I've seen Yes, it's a it's a definite it's, hundred- it's, it's incredibly harsh. But yeah, say. it was one of those penalties where if it hadn't been given, you you might have said, well, he's definitely touched it with his hand. But is it a harsh penalty? Mm. You probably say, yeah, it's probably harsh. The the thing that gets me is like that was that was Sissoko's worst game since getting the captaincy. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I don't think he I don't think he really got a grip got to grips with the game at all, which is It was is hard weird. to tell where he was playing. So it looked like he'd been moved out of the number 10 yeah. role for Wijnaldum. 
and who had a terrible game. He had one good turn and shot, but yeah, he wasn't involved. I much prefer Sissoko in that role. But then, if you so, if you were to for so the just next, to go quickly back to the yeah, Sissoko sorry. penalty, though, it's it's one of those where you can't say I've seen them given because people don't jump with their hands up in that no. position often enough for it's it to be a madness. thing. It's hard and to know what he was doing. But the thing that makes... That, so I still think we're going down, and we'll get onto percentages yeah, much we later. Will. But, but we, we will. Bullet. But um, it's these little things that make me believe that we've got more of a chance, because under McLaren... This makes no sense. Under McLaren, that would have been given as a penalty, and the penalty would have been scored. But because Benitez is on the on the sideline, like... I don't I think you can credit I know, Benitez I think for saving to. the penalty. Unless, I definitely am. Unless it's like the Father Ted episode where they had the elderly priest with the remote control and the <laughs> fake hands for the football thing. I, it's one of the few things in the game you can't give Benitez credit for. <laughs> Did you hear what, I admire your attempt to try. I think it's Did you bold. hear what Darlo said? He said that he'd obviously he'd been studying... Because these days, the keepers spend a lot of their times um, studying the the opposition attack and where do, where does the striker normally put the goal put the ball? I think he'd gone the other side. Yeah, this he? is it. So so Kabai traditionally puts the ball bottom left or to the left to the keeper's right. Yeah, but this time he put it. He he aimed to put it to the the keeper's left his like Kabai's right and right. Dalla was like yeah I've seen all the books I've seen all the videos and stuff and they always go to the to the keeper's right so I, I decided, decided no 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 I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to go left and I'm like that's not there's no logic there <laughs> that's, that's what are you doing unless you're like you don't want to get your face messed up yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go the other side but I, I tell you it's what it's a good like, save and Dalo had a very good game yeah. and this brings us on to there's been a lot of people saying who is our first choice keeper now? Well, this is like so. So next season, we are going to have no matter which league we're in, we're going to have Tim Krull, Robbie Elliott, Carl Darlow, and Freddie Woodman, and that's a bloated position where only one of yeah. them can. It's not like centre of the park where you can rotate or anything like that. There seems to be a problem we're unique at having as a club. We seem to always have really <laughs> good goalkeepers. Like if you look at. Oh, what's his name? Local one who's at Southampton now. Oh, Forster. Yeah. So when we had him, there just wasn't room for him to play. No. Because we had Krull. And Harper and, yeah. Yeah, Harper and Given at the same time. Uh, No, no, no. I just meant that we had Krull, Harper, and we had Forster, which is why Forster, because they thought, well, we've got uh, an experienced hand in six, and and they had faith in Tim Krull to become the the better of the two. But when you look at clubs like Liverpool, who've got oh Mignolet, God, yeah. who they sign a new deal for. I mean, I'd kill for their problems, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, uh, So ne- going into the new season, personally, I think that we will sell Tim Krull and we'll get... Is that if we go down? Or ah, go up, stay down. I think, I think he's gone. I think... Um, I think basically because... I mean, he is on the... F- he, he's... Like Holland's second choice keeper, whereas yeah. Elliot's nowhere near. Well, Elliot Elliott has been, I would say, arguably our player of the season. As yeah, well. but he's nowhere near the the standard that Tim Kroll can be. Yeah, I don't. But part I think of me thinks Tim Kroll stagnated a bit for us the last few years, though. Yeah, I think the standard I, he can be, he manages one every sort of fifteen games. But I think a lot of that's got to do with playing behind a poorly instructed and poorly like blessed with talent yeah. defense i think if he was playing because a lot of the time that he has one of his wonder games is because the defense in front of him has been absent yeah. so i think a, i think he's a very good keeper and i think he'll i think he's the kind of keeper that he'll move on to uh i wouldn't be surprised to see him move abroad i, I think, think on their days like if every one of our goalkeepers is on their day, Cruel is our best. Yes. I'd be reluctant to lose him just because the two below him have had good seasons. I agree. I still think that he, because he's a saleable asset and we can get 10 million for him, like 9, 10 million quid for him, I think we'll sell him and under Benitez we could get, if we were in the, if we were in the championship, we can comfortably get promoted with Elliot and Darlow, yeah. whichever of the two in the sticks. And yeah. in the Premier League, we can comfortably get 12th 
with either of those two in the sticks, in between the sticks. With yeah. Kroll, we we might get we might get ninth. If we stay we, up, like, I would prefer to see us keep hold of Kroll. I think Elliot would get a move to a newly promoted sort of Premier mm. League team. Yeah, that makes sense. Or even like a Palace sort of. So to answer the question, who's our top, who's our first choice keeper? It's Kroll until, in my opinion, he yeah. gets sold. It's cruel, but I think there's a sense that he's definitely not earned that position. Yeah, but you've got to be cruel it's- to be kind. Ooh. I'm so sorry. Wow. I'm so sorry. Stop. Don't don't turn off. I think anyway, <laughs> we should all just take a moment to think about what just, <laughs> just happened. Um, I did want to, like, so we've mentioned that Sissoko didn't But what do you happen, think Krull's intentions will be? <laughs> oh, God. No, we're, we're, no, we're leaving. If if And do you wish we had Krull at Davila? Stop it. This Stop it. That was awful. I think if Fergus was here, he would be shouting over us and telling us he had to go He's off. He's not here, ha- Dave. Get Hamlet. over it. Yeah. He left us. Um, so we've talked about Sissoko having a bad game. I thought Van Alden had a, had a poor game, and yep. I wouldn't be surprised to see him replaced with uh, Perez. Um, the Perez seems to be, yeah, Van Alden and Perez seem to be, week by week, one is dropped for the other one. The other one has a shit first hour and is subbed for the other one. Who comes and then on they and swap yeah. the next week. <laughs> like, it's not spurring either of them on to better performance. I thought Vinaldum was not as ineffective as he has been recently, but it's the pace of the, the game seems to go by him, yeah. no matter where you put him. I th- so the, the, it's amazing to think he scored four goals in one game for us. I, th- I think that's as much to do with, at that time, we like when we were attacking, like Sissoko was wide right, and because when we attacked, it was definitely on the counter. Um, well, we're not really playing on the counter anymore. We're playing no, more... No, we're trying, but the, we don't, I think yeah. Cissé especially seems yeah. to just lose the ball on the counter. But even like first game of the season against Southampton, Ronaldo's goal, mm. you just thought this guy just knows how to find the net. And it's an yeah, amazing th- there's been a couple of times where he's been close. I mean, the, there was a, a chance against Man City where he he effectively carved out the opportunity for himself. Yeah. And then at that time he, he fired it and it was it was like pretty much straight at uh, Joe Hart and if he'd squared the ball we would definitely have scored. Yeah. But fine. I just I, I was just on the subject of Perez and mm. bad passing decisions. It was really nice to see at the end of the game. I don't know if you saw this when everybody was celebrating. Mm. There'd been a counter attack just before where Perez yeah. was through, and he could have laid it off to I think Townsend. Yeah, and everybody was just going sort of not mad, but everyone was celebrating. And Benitez had his arm around Perez, sort of talking him through what he should have done differently. Yeah. I thought it was really nice to see. I don't know why. I really enjoyed seeing that. Well, it, it, th- it throws my mind back. It's a to thoroughness it. that we've not had before. <laughs> but, but then did you see when, um, just before he spoke to Perez, he, or it could have just been after, he, he, he dragged uh, Colback, Sissoko and another uh, another player and was telling him right for the like the instruction you've got now is you you move this way and you move that way and you like so so we've we've kind of mocked it a little bit but it is game management yes. at that point benitez said Right, we've just scored. What's most likely to happen is they're going to try and attack us down this area because that's where their strongest player or is, or or they're going to try and hit us hard quickly. So mm. you need to move over there. Just give him a bit of extra protection or whatever. Like he's he's a he's a proper football manager, and we've yeah. not had one in years, and it's brilliant and depressing at exactly the same time. Yeah, we'll we'll decide how depressing it is when we get <laughs> on to percentages. Other notable mentions from the game, we should move on from it quite quickly. Yeah. I thought LaSalle was immense again. Oh, that tackle, the tackle yeah. in the first half. The one on Wickham, who, to be He's, fair, he yeah, did yeah, turn yeah. like a cruise liner, <laughs> but still. I think, like, LaSalle, when he first was coming into the side, I wasn't that impressed with him. He looked quite... Um, He's a big and immobile. Yeah, but actually, kid's got heart, and he's that uncomplicated centre-half that a lot of people want to play alongside a classy, more um, yeah. more gifted footballer of a centre-half. It's like, who's the one at Stoke? Shawcross? Yeah. Or either of the Leicester centre-backs? Or Huth, Huth and Morgan, or Morgan, yeah. 
but yeah, you you basically you want your um you want your uh, Rio Ferdinand to be backed up yeah. by a yap. It's no nonsense, but I think him and Mbemba feel like a a classy partnership. Yeah, and in the one champi- of that they cover each other's weaknesses. And in the championship, they will Stop not talking about the championship. We're not going to be there. <laughs> they will not concede a lot of ground to championship strikers. Yeah, because the two of them, like you say, they cover yeah. each other's backs and. Our like the 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 right back that we signed in the last few weeks. Uh, I think he's called Vernon Anita. He's an amazing right back. Like, I don't know why he's not getting in the Dutch team. Well, I was I was saying before. Like uh, I th- I think it's because Benitez is is giving him instructions that make sense to him because he is one of those footballers. We've we've said it previously that the guy. If you give him the instructions, he'll carry it out on the football pitch. Yeah, he's. He, if you tell him just to go on there and just just be busy or something like that, he won't. He won't affect the game. And there are people. There are players who are better than him in every position. Like Jan Matt is a better right back when he's mm. playing well. Centre mid. We've but got Jan Matt f- does that thing of if the crowd are cheering him to go forward, he'll spend half the game forward. There's been a few times this season where he's been our most attacking player yeah he's been caught when you look at the heat maps you see him as like the most forward thinking the other one I think just to move on from this game but Townsend with the goal what's that three or four now in the last and two or three assists yeah Townsend for England discuss no well really who who goes ahead of him because I I think Hodgson likes him I can see him going I just think that what's more like because the the players that are ahead of him are better players than he is. Sterling and his, would be a definite to go, I think. But ahead of there, who have you got, got? Like Oxley Chamberlain, Walcott. Oxley Chamberlain right, isn't going to go to the Euros, surely. But I've got as much chance. <laughs> they're better footballers than Andros Townsend, and they aren't the one-trick pony that Andros Townsend is. Now that one trick that he's been playing has worked and has worked brilliantly, but he still does it every single game, drives down, 90 degree turn, shoot. Yeah. That's what, fine, it's working for us and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying he should be first choice for England, but I, I would choose him ahead of Theo Walcott at the moment. But yeah, I understand why, but I would just say, if, if I'm just, why do you hate him Dave? Why do you hate him? If I'm to second guess Roy Hodgson, Roy Hodgson's going to take like Roy Hodgson's going to take Wayne Rooney as yeah. a striker. Probably yes. Wayne Rooney should not be going as a striker, but even he will. Wayne Rooney's saying he shouldn't go as a striker though because it it should be Kane, Vardy, uh, Welbeck maybe, and that's about that's about it. That's, yeah, that's what I take. Well, you and Fergus after the show last week we're discussing Andy Carroll and how he should be going but yeah but I, least, I was in the minority least, thinking he shouldn't because at least Andy Carroll is a is a different option he's a plan b whereas Andros Townsend i suppose he's a plan b in that whereas the other players might do might drive to the line and pull it back might cut across the 18 yard line and shoot might drive into the box Townsend doesn't Townsend just he like it's it's too easy to defend against. I think he's very effective. And he is. I think he's a good plan B. To, he's a. I think he'd be a good impact sub for England. When maybe, you compare maybe. him to but Walcott would as well. But I. I was. Yeah. I think he's got a an around fifty percent percentages again. <laughs> he's got a decent chance of getting. In. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He does. He does. I suppose. Right. Moving on from that game because it's a pretty decent game, but we don't want to talk about it all day. Yeah. Newcastle today announced they have released Gabriel Obertan and Sylvan Marvo <laughs> in the week when Radiohead released their new album. Yeah, we released oh, like we've released something more depressing, gutless and useless, honestly. Like will you miss them? No, no, like what like Marvo, I think he had one good game for us against West Brom and that was it. He looked and quite decent against Norwich after Kapila. Sure, but that was it. That was one. Obertan's a tricky one because he's had some good games, but he's in between long injuries. He's just, he's, yeah, he's, he's injury prone. And even when he was fit, he only had a spell of three or four games 
where he was actually performing each game consistently. Like, it's no loss. I don't know why we signed him. I don't know why yeah. we signed Sylvain. Well, we signed Sylvain Marvo because he was cheap and we gambled on being able to sign him and sell him for a profit. Yeah, because Liverpool were after him as well. He's just... I, he's, do you not remember why we signed Oberton? It was one of Pardew's few signings that he was allowed to make. Yeah. I remember him saying at the time... He'd spoken to Alex Ferguson about him, and Ferguson had said, like, Obertan's really good. Oh, that was why we signed him. And you wonder why I can't stand that. That was about five years ago. Look, Obertan. They've both been telling. My reaction to hearing that they'd gone today or they'd been released was a bit like you know, when you hear about an old actor or somebody who's died. And you're like, I thought they were already dead. <laughs> like someone said to me, now, I don't know if Bernard Cribbins is alive or dead, but if someone told me he was he died today, I'd say I was pretty sure Bernard Cribbins yeah. is already dead, isn't he? <laughs> That's my reaction to those two leaving. Like, are they? Oh, they're still there. Why? Why are they still there? <laughs> the, the, neither of them are. Neither of them should be close to a Premier League side. And they probably won't be. No, but the good thing is that, I mean, Sylvain Marveau probably would have been on like 25, 30 grand a week. Obertan would have been on 25 grand a week, yeah. something like that. That's that's another, you know, that's another 60 grand We do grand need to get our, that wage bill down because yeah, well, a lot of high earning... We've already knocked six million quid off our wage bill. Um, Pretty so, tell. Well, Sorry, no. carry on. <laughs> that, that, that's it. We've knocked six million like yeah, right. by by selling by selling some of the the higher earners like Kabai and and Debushi. Oh, and stuff I like see. That, yeah. So and we've replaced like Jan Matson less than Debushi was, and um, obviously players like uh, CM De Jong and stuff like that will be less. And then Bar went, Remy went, and those were big wages. Yeah. So yeah, we've we've lost we've lost six million quid off our wages. This is another. 60 grand it's a, a week good off chunk the that needed yeah. to go we couldn't really afford to keep those two on the books I imagine the physio staff will be very sad to see them go <laughs> they'll have got very close to them yeah. but I don't I, I, I think if you're a Newcastle fan and you're missing those two then there is something mentally wrong with you oh, there's a guy that I know who still insists like every, every after every loss it was like well you know Marvo's tricky Marvo could have picked that apart. Like, no, he couldn't. That was that was like Arsenal away. I, not- wor- I worry this is how you see me with my CM De Jong views. No, I, I think that's more of a that like you know deep in your heart that CM De Jong's not. He's not. I, I, he's I not a savior. He's not. I come on. Know. Like he's like even in the games where he's played well, you'd rather have Perez, Vinaldum. Well, Mitrovic or Sissoko don't, don't or, tell me what I'd rather have speaking of Perez uh, you might have seen today that there were links with him uh, link, linking him to Barcelona yeah that seemed rational that's <laughs> right so I, I understand why his representatives have floated this story because they want to, at the end of the season, get the best possible deal for him. Yeah. Even though he's just signed, he's just a, signed new a new deal. deal he's yeah. just signed a new contract. But it's just to put it out there that they're open to a move. And making sure that they've gone for one of the biggest clubs on the planet means they're not missing anybody out. <laughs> and yeah. they're, not, they're not saying, like, Norwich are interested in signing. Yeah, him or I think like they're that. sort yeah. of saying, are you reading this, Spurs? Right. And I understand why newspapers run the story, because... If it's online, people will click on it and they'll get attention. Like they'll get money for all the adverts that are yeah. on their web page. And if it's in the paper, if it, if they put it on the like the little banner headline underneath the the name of the title, Barcelona in for Perez, people will buy the newspaper. Yeah. It was funny. I saw on Twitter on the way to the pod earlier. There's who's I think it was the one for the Telegraph. Who's the Newcastle Telegraph? Luke Edwards. I think it was him. He tweeted in response to this. An old article from the Mirror, which is the same source, saying Perez, and it was Stephen Taylor to be the shock uh, <laughs> recipient of a Barcelona bid from years ago, and you just think, yeah, it's exactly the same. It's sort. nonsense, but it's that thing where you have to. I don't know if you're if you're a paper, you've got to run it. If you're an agent, you've got to push it. And if you're a hmm. reader, 
if you're a fan Everybody of Newcastle United, you're going to pick up the paper because it says that Ayose Perez is a target for Barcelona. He's, he's, but he's not going to be playing for Barcelona. No, he's, he's absolutely soon. not. But no. in other contract news, Paul Dummett has signed a new contract today. I'm all right with that. Yeah, like well, a, lot of, a lot of people have got an issue with Paul Dummett because he's quite a limited defender and he's not, it's not great. But I put him in the same bracket as Aaron Hughes. Like you stick, you stick him anywhere along the back four, maybe not right back. Maybe not right back, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you stick him along there and you're not happy because he's not your first choice. But you know he's going to do his best. He's going to work hard. He's not going to, he's not, an, he's not an abominable centre half. He's not an abominable left back. He's hard working. He's probably cheap. Yeah. Fine. You would hope he wouldn't be our first choice left back yeah. into next season. I saw we were linked with Kieran Gibbs. Again, it's all fairly irrelevant for us if we stay up. Yeah, then. Kieran Gibbs isn't going to play in the championship. No. <laughs> oh, Dave. <laughs> we, we, we'll come on to this. What would you like to talk about? I see you've made notes on my notes. Yeah, I've ruined your... That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's like I've drawn on Rain Man's pad. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Uh, Villa. Yes. Next, we should probably talk about. Well, they're, they're, I, I know that their fans are in in uproar because they're shit, and um, apparently that's news to them. They've been shit for years. Why weren't they? Why weren't they? Yeah, they've been especially shit this year, though. Well, yeah, they're, they're, they're one of the worst teams to ever grace the Premier League. Um, I think there's only four teams that have finished with less points than them. Sorry, I need to interrupt you there. Philip Huntsman, who listens to us, yeah. has just tweeted in saying, any chance of getting Tino on the Natter this week? And it's a video of Tino Espria in London today. Dave, we're in London. We, we owe it to ourselves to go and find him. Right, wherever he is, he's... Oh, actually, where is he? Because you can see the... You can see the road sign. Sorry, this is probably terrible probably, to listen yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to see. Is that, looks is that like, Downing Street? No, it's not no. Downing Street. <laughs> Downing Street. No, because all I could see was the building. Is it looks what? like sort of Oxford Street. Is it Selfridges? Yeah, it might be. Right. Right, we're on the okay, way. Okay, we're going right. to end the see pod you now. Don't <laughs> <laughs> find Tino. Sorry, I completely yeah. cut you off there. Uh, well, I was just talking about Villa. Yeah, they're gonna, they're, they've are gonna. been shit for ages. I think there's only been four teams who've finished with a lower points total than they have. They're on a current losing streak of... They've lost 11 games in a row... If they lose to us on Saturday, it'll be 12 losses in a row. And the only team to have a, a worse losing streak than that in the Premier League, Sunderland with 20. Wow. Which is, yeah. That's our, pretty our, impressive. Our, our engineer's just lost his fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I think as well, Villa have got, is it Akore? Who, who was sent off? Oh, Sissoko. Sissoko. Yeah. yeah. Is, who's the one that's refusing to play as well? Oh, That sh- might be Akore. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, there, it could be Akore. So they've got two defenders out, one banned, one who's just not... I don't understand how that works. He's just refusing to play for them, but well, still I mean, being paid. Agbon Lahore. Kabai refused to play for us. Yeah. To fish for a move. Um, Agbon Lahore won't be playing because he's not allowed to play for them and has been put on a new fitness <laughs> regime like a horse. <laughs> Flabby Agbon Lahore. Yeah. Um, they're also planning... So, yeah, they were planning a protest for the 74th minute where all of the Aston Villa fans in the stadium are going to throw in a beach ball. Is that what it which- is? Because I'd seen news reports that there was a mystery protest... Well, that's, that, so that, is that what it the is? The reports I've seen is a 74th minute, all of the Aston Villa fans are going to oh. throw on beach balls. I thought which it was going to be like a murder be, mystery kind of. There's probably only going to be like three Aston Villa fans left at that point because they're not one to hang around. No, even they're, when they're doing well in the league, oh, they're, they're not sh- one to sell out the right. stadium. Everybody keeps saying that, they, that it's a big club going down and Aston Villa have got a great history. They've been a, a mainstay of the Premier League. They've been 24 seasons in the Premier League, never been relegated, but... They're shit and have been shit for years and I delighted they're going down and when they go down, they're not going to retain the kind of crowd numbers that Sunderland and ourselves would, will. No. So they're going to go down and they're, I mean, Villa Park's like a 40,000 seat stadium. It's, it's probably going to be at best 20,000. I think that's ambitious. That's to be yeah. Honest. So they could be, and uh, I like I shouldn't wish ill on anyone, especially when we're not safe. But I get the feeling you're about. To oh man, on. I would love it if they did a Leeds or a. I don't think they'll do a Pompey, <laughs> but I'd love it if they did a Leeds. Just a couple of relegations, 
just never to return. It's one of the few clubs that seems as badly run as we are. There's yeah. Well, if you look at the transfer... It makes us look good for being in the position we are. If you look at the transfer spend um, in the Premier League, like 92 to, to, to 2016... Um, Aston Villa, Sunderland and ourselves are in the top 10 spends, both gross and net spends in the Premier League. And the other teams in that, in the top 10 are teams like Chelsea, Arsenal, Man U, Man City, Spurs, mm-hmm. Everton. So you could say that all of those teams are punching, like they're punching at their weight. You know, they're always at least in with a shout of a cop. Yeah. Whereas Sunderland, Newcastle and Aston Villa are traditionally, for the, certainly for the last few years, are like... I think Villa got to a cup final fairly recently, shit. didn't they? Yeah. They've had a few, but yeah. But I, the, I know what you the mean. The overriding point is that we've just been terribly run for years. Yeah. I think Villa... It's are, catching up with Villa and it's going to catch up with either us or Sunderland as well. So yeah. It's good to see these things come home to roost. Well, I'm hoping that the, the appointment of Benitez is, um, I don't know, like... We'll come on to that. And evidence that we've changed tack. Let's hope. But uh, Villa game prediction. Is Villa Straight away? into the prediction? Yeah. Man, this is going to annoy you a the lot. The other team selection thing to say is Anita looks like he's going to be out injured. I think Jan Mats. Really? Back. Yeah. See, I've not seen Anita. Well, he went off with what looked like a hamstring injury yeah. in the game. They've not said officially. But it, I would have. I'd th- be surprised if Anita makes the starting lineup. Shit, he's it's, he has been one of our best mental. defenders. But I think Jan Matt under Benitez. I'd well, like I, to see. I, I hope so. And also, of all the games you'd want uh, your attacking right back to be playing in, it's a way to Aston Villa. Like, yeah. The, if it, if if it was if we were home to Spurs first. No, I definitely want Anita to be playing. But yeah, all right. Um, I honestly think it's going to be... Ah, oh, shit, I can't... Like, I'm, I reckon it'll be 1-1. Really? I reckon, yeah, because it's their last game of the season. The last time they took points off anybody, it was against Norwich at home. And they took all three points off them. I don't think they'll beat us. But I think... I honestly can see because they they scored twice against Watford, which is something that we didn't manage to do. I just think that they'll be. I know like, what you mean there is a worry about it, but I think we're going to win comfortably. I'm going to go three one. I just three one. Yeah, I hope so. I really do. Like I I know that for the past like few podcasts, I've been you've been very you've negative, been uncharacteristically negative, but I, that. I just, I'm super, I just, I am, I'm nervous about this, this season. I think we're like, despite everything that's. Well, we should probably move on from this to percentages. Like, how do you see our percentage of staying up? Staying up? Or going down? Going down. Let's change the Uh, format this late in the day. I would say we are 70% going down. Even the bookies are more positive than that. We're level with Sunderland. Yeah, the with, in the bookies, but bookies reflect the the market. They don't necessarily. It's not a oh. pure. It's not a pure representation of the probability of Newcastle United going down. It's a it's a representation of Newcastle's likelihood of going down versus everybody, all the other permutations, and how much money's being put on Newcastle to stay up. So yeah, like there, there will have been a raft of bids, a raft of bets rather on Newcastle to stay up. So the bookies will have shortened their odds. They would necessarily. Of course they would because we've be, we've had a a a revolution under Rafa, a revolution. And Sunderland didn't win and we did and blah 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 blah, blah all these things. Mm. Lots of people would go, ah, "Fancy Newcastle now to stay up." And the odds that they had us on if they don't want to pay like it's it's that thing about um uh Leicester winning the title means that future um future seasons won't see as big odds on the promoted sides of course it will because they'll reflect the market because yeah. loads of money's going to get put on Man U, Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Spurs to win the title which means that the the teams that have been promoted or the teams that just escaped relegation the odds of them will be reflected in the market so you'll see like 5001 for but Newcastle United I would say to win what the title. makes this different is our odds were much worse for staying up only a couple of weeks ago so the odds are reflecting a change in form and Sunderland and Norwich's inability to win games yeah 
So I don't so think I'm it's, st- I'm still it's not just about the amount of money people are putting on. No, no, no. But then, so my my percentage is based on you look at the 70, the, the core though. the core problem is Sunderland and Norwich have three games. We have two. If they get five points from those three games, we have to win both our games. But because we have to, that's the yeah. only permutation. But I would say this. I've been quite guilty of this, of thinking, well, looking at Sunderland's fixtures and Norwich's as well, you think, well, they could easily get sort of six, seven points or five or whatever. Then you look at their form. Two wins in 14 Sunderland have had. I get that. Like, from their form, you would think three points out of their next three games would be... On average, yeah. That's what you'd expect. But if if you also take into account that... How many losses have Sunderland picked up in that run? I couldn't say off the top of my head. It's not... They've basically been drawing and winning the occasional... So it's it's mainly draws. They were very lucky to not lose at the weekend. And they came up against uh, an Arsenal side. Stoke. Yeah, absolutely. The the Stoke game, the Arsenal game, they they were fortunate that they met an Arsenal side that was just terrible yeah just shot shy and awful but it is not without outside the realms of possibility that they draw away a uh, draw at home to Chelsea that in isolation that is not, not an unlikely I can't situation see it. They just, Norwich and Sunderland both have the same thing at the moment they can't score from open play but fine but because Chelsea can give up penalties and can give up free kicks and stuff so my thing is 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 a draw at home to Chelsea out of the realms of possibility? Absolutely not. No, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't like you in any bet against it though. I think you bet Chelsea win all day long. But then you look at how well they perform against Chelsea and how well they perform against top table clubs, and they actually raise their game just as we do. And then the next game they've got is at home to Everton, who are so on the beach or flip flops or whatever you want to say. Everton are better away from home than they are at home. Absolutely, but Sunderland are really solid defensively so it's possible so my thing and then the final game of the season is away to Watford so I wouldn't be surprised if they got five points I wouldn't be surprised at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if they get two points from those three games sure that's I think I'm going to put my percentage at 40% wow I think we're going to stay up I just think we're the we're clearly the form team we are we don't look like conceding we look like scoring I mean, we've conceded. We have conceded, well, we conceded quite a lot. Two against Liverpool and one yeah. against Man City in the last four games. Okay, that's I think against three and four. So we don't. Okay, we don't like conceding against Villa. I think no, that's that's fair. I think that's fine. If we go in, here's what I think could happen. There's an argument to say that come Wednesday night we could be safe, as in a week on Wednesday. Yeah. But no, Wednesday night coming. Let, let's I don't think it's necessarily going to happen, but I think there is a world in which we beat Villa, Norwich and Sunderland both lose their games, considering yeah. they're against Man U and Chelsea, and then they go into their midweek games with the pressure on five and four points behind us. Everton and Watford. So let's point, paint a picture, and it's uh, quarter to ten on, a Wednesday, on the coming Wednesday You're night. You're to Dave's pictures. Yeah. Are you sitting comfortably? And... Uh, you're watching the, the you're watching the the Everton Sunderland game, uh, and the Everton players clench their fist in victory. Sunderland players drop to their knees in defeat because they know at that point they're relegated. That is the dream. Because I see Dave, wanted- the way you're telling this story tells me that you believe it's going to happen. I don't believe it. Is I don't believe happen. this seventy percent. Nah, because. What will happen is Sunderland will draw with Chelsea. Sunderland will beat Everton. And then into the final game of the season, we have to better their result. And they've got Watford and we've got Spurs. And I don't care. You're forgetting though, Everton have recently brought Tony Hibbert back into the fold. (laughs) And I don't care that we're at home to Spurs and they're away to Watford. I would rather play away to Watford on the final game of the season than home to second place in the league, Spurs. Even with weakened Spurs, with nothing to play for. There'll be no Dembele. They might still be playing for uh, for second place versus Arsenal. Haven't Arsenal got Man City? They do, but like Arsenal could beat Man City. Look at not the current Arsenal. 
Well, they could. You, you'd say the current Man City as well. Exactly. Who knows? So my thing is just, it's 70% because because of the extra fixture. If, if we were level on fixtures, no, I would be the other way around. I'd be 70% sure we're staying up. But that extra fixture oh, screws us. I think we're staying up. I think it's going to happen. staying up, see. We are staying up. I no. think that's almost everything. Should we... Oh, yeah, listener questions. There's not been... Listener interaction. Oh, no, there have been some on Twitter. Sorry. This is very bad as I just scroll through the Natter feed. <laughs> so, AP Dogtown, or at AP Dogtown, yeah. Alex... They need to hear percentage chances of staying up, which we've done. And then question, if we stay up, what players slash positions does Rafa target in the summer? It's got to be fullback because Anita and Jan, well, Jan Matt might be, might work. We need a left back. But we, yeah, we're crying out for a, for a left back. Although Dummett as a championship left back isn't. You're coming around to my way of thinking. No, I'm just saying <laughs> if we're in the championship. I think also we need a... Oh, no, sorry, if we stay up, so yeah. Okay. We if, need a left back. I would also say that we could probably do with a central midfielder of note and Michael Carrick is out of contract. Yep. I would that love would to see that. A left winger, I think, as well. Yeah. Seems yeah, we yeah. haven't had one for... Now Marvo's gone. Yeah. And I'd also say a striker. Like a... a proper first choice striker who can play up on their own yeah it's gonna be hard to convince anybody and I think also uh, a summer with a summer under Benitez for Mitrovic and Perez and I think I think those two would be our go to but you just have to look at their goal totals for this season to say they're not like Mitrovic has got eight goals yeah for for how many games He's played enough. I think if you're looking for a, new, a first choice striker for, Most for a it, team that's aiming to finish top half. I honestly think that Mitrovic, I mean, he's got like, I think it's one in four, which isn't a great record. No. But I think under Mitrovic, under Benitez rather, I think that would leap to one in. But I think Benitez has three. almost shown that he is great as an impact sub. He's good coming off the bench. I don't sure. think Cissé is going to be here. I would much rather see us going for. A proper decent striker. I'd love that, but then it's who the hell are we going to sign? Who's a an, like a proper decent striker who's going to join Newcastle? Who just finished? Either if we stay up, we finish seventeenth. Like to convince a top top class striker. Oh, I, I, I like, don't think we, a striker is going to be looking at the finish, the final position. I think he'd be looking at Benitez. Yeah. Right, You'll be looking at the chance to play What's under the him. Other? The other question again from Alex is: How much do you expect Ashley to let him spend, and who leaves? Who do we make a profit on? I'd say well, Marvo and Obertan have already gone. Yep. Yeah, so there's 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 profit. Um, I would say definitely will like Ashley if we stay up. Ashley will absolutely spend thirty five forty million in the summer again because Benitez will have said to him. Colacini's gone. Um, we don't have a left back. Uh, well, Shelby let's hope Colacini's gone because he's just had a contract extension. I'm sure he'll go. Um, we don't have strength and depth. We don't have a central midfielder of note. And we need, if if what you're saying is true, which it isn't, uh, we need a, a top flight centre half. You're talking a uh, no, top you're, flight centre forward. You're sorry. confusing the Mitrovic <laughs> you hope we have with the one we actually do have. He's He looks decent. But he's I think not, Benitez will be... He's not a first-choice Premier League top-half-of-the-table striker. I will go to the mat for that. That is absolutely... Okay, huge. get the mat out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so 40, 35-40 million pound, yeah, we'll spend that. And who will we sell and who will we make a profit on? I think we'll sell Kroll. We'll get about 10 million for him. I think we'll sell um, De Jong. I don't think we'll make a profit. I think we'll sell... I'm willing to put an offer in. I wouldn't be surprised if we sold Perez. And if we do sell Perez, we'll make a tidy profit on him because he was like one and a half yeah, million. Yeah, he costs nothing, but it would be a stupid time to sell Perez at the yeah, moment because he's in the worst form he's been in under us. And he has looked dodgy. I don't think we'll sell Vinaldum if we stay up because we're not going to make a profit on him because we signed him for 14 million. It was a fair bit, yeah. 14 million and we're not going to make, we're not going to get 14 million for him. Uh, so who would we make a profit on? Crollin Perez if we sold him. Yeah. Nobody else. 
I don't think we would necessarily sell those two. No, I don't. If we I went just, down, I yeah. think we would. If we go down, yeah, it's a different story. And, and I think is that it. is everything. Anything else to add, Dave? Pretty hungry. Do you want to apologise for your negativity? No, no. Like the, the, the people who listen to this know that I am a voice of reason, and it's you two reactionary arseholes who flip between, uh, oh, we're definitely going down, and we're definitely staying up, and I'm the one who ploughs that, that steady path, and I'm the one that's saying, look, these were our winnable games, and we won them. And you're now, oh, we're definitely staying up. We're not. It's well, you're still, saying seven, Villa isn't it, a winnable game. No, I'm not saying it's not a winnable game. I'm saying that... It, I'm worried about it because mm. our away form's awful. The last time they took points off anybody, it was against a similarly awful team. It's not guaranteed three points in the bag. No, but I think for anyone listening who wants to feel more positive about the outcome, just look at Sunderland and Norwich's last sort of 15 fixtures and the results they've had. Sure. They've both picked up points against us, but that's yeah. about it. Not really a huge amount more. And I think that's everything. Cool. Dave Watson, thank you very much. Paul, you've done a sterling job. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. <laughs> Shall we go to the pub? Uh, I've got time for a very quick one. Yes. Excellent. Right. Pub. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll have Fergus back next week for some proper marshalling of the show. <laughs> thank you very much. Bye. Bye. If you like this podcast, come and join me, Mark Webster, for the Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.